like really really spoiler alert for star wars uh so if you care about that and it's absurd that we all care so much about that like i i say horrible things that will ruin everything for you if you at all care about it so you've been alerted now for 30 seconds stop listening to this until you are ready for a discussion of the movie that implies you've seen it thanks and and see it or not who cares so obviously we care hello hello how are you well how are you pretty good are you speaking through a a microphone device that's different oh not any different why oh no i just it's you were sounding good and levels were looking good Ah. I got hopeful. <laughs> How's it going? Uh, pretty good. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I've had a few days off, so it's pretty Exciting. good. Exciting. Yes, yes. Very. And uh, you? Good. Certainly. Oh. Everything all right uh, over there? Well... You know, there are some side effects of using your a music stand as a desk. Um, <laughs> we could talk about Through the Looking Glass. I feel like we should yeah. have to talk a little bit about the ways in which we might talk about it vaguely in order to you know, not speak for anyone else, etc., etc. Right. Um, and or. Well, I mean, I, I can speak. I can you speak, can speak to your own experience. You I can, can speak to my own experience. Yeah. Um, and I can sort of speak to mine. Um, <laughs> within, you know, some limits that I don't know. Uh, and we could talk about Star Wars. You know, it's the internet thing to do. But Yeah, no spoilers. And then, uh, then we can only talk about it at the most Vegas sense. Like, did you like it? Like anything else? Well, is... yeah. I mean, it might be interesting. Who knows? It may come up because it's pro- it's front of mind. Mm-hmm. And um, if I'm going to do a spoiler, which I don't, I don't, I'm never even really aware when I am making a spoiler anyway. I think but if you I'll... say Han gets stabbed by his son, that played by the dreamy Adam Driver. Played by the okay. So, and this is a question. That is, like, one of the few points, like, in my oversensitivity world. Uh-huh. Um, I guess he's just dreamy, eh? Is he just dreamy? And that's the thing I don't quite... Adam Driver? Yeah. Um, I, I don't... Not everybody I know thinks he's dreamy. I think he's kind of dreamy. I mean, I... It's the only moment where I'm, like... Uh, like, and it, he's clearly not, not white, but he's also, like... I was just like, oh, I wonder... This film is doing so much better in terms of just like civil understanding of you have humans, yeah, inside a structure that has nothing to do with humans or well, yeah, I anything. mean, okay. spoiler but, alert, yeah. but like the the opening scene is all about like a stormtrooper with PTSD for Christ's sake. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's and or you know. Although they do, that's a that's a bit where I wish they could deal with a more complicated character, um, where because they do this like he's never killed anybody, he was a garbage worker, um, so he's a perfect failed out stormtrooper. But right, 
because he hasn't like oh and then i shot a whole bunch of rebellion people but that was a fight and this when they asked me to kill a village that was unacceptable anyways um that's a different movie that i want it to be which i feel like most of what little um internet kickback i'm just like it's so but yes it's it's but here's the thing the movie does that so much so well all over the place yeah um and yet also can't quite get to the point to understand that like how how or to do something with how our idea of like the tall dark evil person is not totally unracialized even if that if if even if that dreamy adam driver is white i don't don't think i think he's misunderstood oh yeah i don't think he's misunderstood no i I mean, this is the interest. I mean, uh, I'm totally poking the Star yeah. Wars people. Right. <laughs> that, that we're not even oh, I, probably. Oh, oh. I feel like, I, yeah, yeah, because I'm sure there's a lot, a lot of Star Wars enthusiasts um, listen to our blog. Right, because there's um, no crossover between listen to like our blog. Fe- listen to our blog. I, I think Jesus that. Christ. Um, oh. Yeah, I listened to my internet my website internet chat- chatting my um, web page. Um, yeah. Okay. So, but here's the thing. So I was at, I was last week before I saw the movie, I was hanging out with my friend and his eight year old. And, um, and I was like, who is in this movie again? I can't remember. And they were like, Oh, Oscar Isaac and Daisy Ridley. And they were telling me and they said, Oh, and Adam driver. And I said, Oh, what, what characters he play? And they said, Kylo Ren. And I said, that's my favorite character. And the eight year old gave me the dirtiest look. Like I had said the worst swear word that has ever well, been. you had just sided with Darth Vader. I know, but I didn't know that. And so I looked at him and I said, I said, oh, is he the bad guy or something? And my, my, my friend just nodded and I went, well, still probably my favorite character. And man, I don't know. I don't know if my, I don't know if my young eight-year-old friend will ever forgive me for that. Well, um, you're clearly not entirely to be trusted if the fate of the universe is at stake well you know what can i say (laughs) you might just choose the misunderstood one um (laughs) (laughs) that was a funny moment though man i was in so much trouble um perhaps if i talk about my appreciation for the oscar isaac character or the john boyega character um then i might get some points back yeah yeah, no, I totally, I had a great time. I don't, I don't actually, the thing about them is I don't actually know that they hold up to a huge amount of talking about. No, but here's the thing, like I was going to say about the, about the concept of what it, what it's even trying to do on a, on a cursory level. Um, I can't, it's that really hard thing about Hollywood or about a lot of things, quite frankly, why, why just, why just include Hollywood where, um, if someone makes even a gesture towards something when so few gestures are made, does it not seem like a sort of, uh, does that, does that gesture not seem more magnified like a gesture towards, uh, inclusive casting a gesture towards, I mean, it's like, it's, and it's unfortunate. And I, I don't, I feel like we have so far to go that it's too bad. It's too bad that, (laughs) Or, or even any sort of complication in storyline. Um, well, it just like if, I mean, this is the the polar the pl- polar 
Jesus Christ. Polarity? Is that the word I'm looking for? Polarity. Sure. Yeah, that sounds um, good. That's a word. Uh, the polarity generally in our world is an issue. Um, <laughs> and and I, I mean, I think some of the reaction that I've seen, I don't feels like there's so many movies that nobody like I'm just like oh of course this is stupid and misogynist and um silly around like stupid around race um and speaks to the lowest and fastest part of our brains uh and so one gesture towards not and then and then like there is the problem of like oh you're trying a little bit but not good enough right just right. at least a, f- a fun palace in which Susanna Fournier plays a very funny like act person who runs a charity called Not Good Enough in which mm. it's all call-in shows around the Christmas spirit in which you know the cranky activist says <laughs> tell you know tells cascadingly divine people um you know doctors for medicine sans frontier you know like yeah. It's that you can find you can find the thing that's not good enough in mm-hmm. in anything probably. Yeah. Uh thus is the imperfect nature of being. And uh and so once you make a gest but once you make a gesture towards not being as totally shitty as large parts of mainstream culture are, then the people who want like people that I'm often in, like and certainly my internet feed is full of have more desire for the perfection that is impossible and not helpful, right? That's the, you can't fight globalization with those Nikes on your feet. Like that was so, yeah. um, It's a totally unhelpful space for social change. That being said, I also like people who, yeah, and and also that people might be surprised that like Hollywood's in pretty bad shape, and the entertainment district is in or entertainment world is like not super into originality right now. I, I don't know what evidence there was against that before Star Wars, so I can't see evidence. <laughs> like I can't see Star Wars as evidence against. Like, oh my God, things are getting unoriginal. It's like, well, no, that's, I mean, unless you wanted to talk about the 77 show one, right? Like, mm-hmm. we, if we want to talk about the impact of blockbusters on contemporary culture, that would mm-hmm. be, and, and why blockbusters are the only thing that currently gets made, you know, then then we're talking about the internet and piracy and why people leave the house you know and then we're back to our theater topic uh Mm -hmm. in which like the experience you leave the house for an experience yeah and that can be true for the fun palace for me but it's also true for the blockbuster needs to be an experience Mm -hmm. but i enjoyed the movie very much (laughs) yeah Um, i did too and i'm not um and i think it was a very gracious way for Harrison Ford to like go into a world that he I don't think entirely loves being in mm-hmm. and also be able to never be in it again ha 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 yeah that, that was that was a fine piece of HR management 
on the writer's part. <laughs> it really was, wasn't it? <laughs> like, I feel like that's like I and probably actually the starting piece of the movie, right? Mm-hmm. I, bet, I bet they knew that before they knew the rest of the story, right? Like, how do we get Harrison to do it? Yeah. Um, and then Mark Hamill will take over for the next one. Yeah, exactly. We'll give them each one movie. Carrie Fisher thinks it's a joke in the mm-hmm. most delightful way possible. Her, yeah. her her internet interviews that I've been watching are fantastic. Well, um, and she's 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 filmed in such sort of soft focus through the film. Well, and she's playing With, it in such soft focus. Like, she's just like, I'm Princess like, Leia in a Star Wars movie. What the F do you want to be? Like, yeah. this is my job here is to yeah. like be the like soft focus and then and then to go and then to bring her dog onto usa today or whatever Mm -hmm. and insist that the dog be interviewed um you know i like thought she's thoughtfully looking into the middle distance a lot yeah um which is which is you know that's a good thing to do and um yeah somebody pointed out to me that harrison ford looks like an old boot in 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 the kind of way that uh actors as they age Hollywood actors as they age end up looking like old boots. It's true. Does his, is the scar on his chin his? Or is, was it, that... I don't know. I, it must be, though, because I really don't remember it from, the, from his youth. Right. Like it's, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's, I, I thought he... I mean, I had seen... It's funny, I've seen, you know, Tis the Season. Tis the movie season. Uh-huh. Um, so I saw Creed, uh, which is... What's that one about? Well, it's smartly not titled Rocky Seven. Um, oh, gotcha. but it is Rocky Seven. Yeah, uh, or it is the seventh in the series of movies in which there yeah. is a Rocky Balboa character. That, um, and wow. it's about. Oh. Do you know the first Rocky? Do you, I kind of. I know. only barely knew the first Rocky. So first Rocky is like Rocky is the Great White Hope who's going to beat up the like the black people who are taking over boxing. Right. Um, this is why so, it was very popular in the eighties. Uh, well, and then he like, and then he beat up a Russian. And then, right? well, and then and then once they were like, "Hey, this is we've got a metaphor." They just, yeah. they just went for I think it. those are the darker. Like, I think the first Rocky is like politically telling and functional in itself. Creed was, and so Creed is the an illegitimate son of the black boxer from the first Rocky uh, wants oh, to train, wants to become a boxer and, and ends up of course, because it's a boxing movie and it's a Rocky movie. Um, and so innovation is relative. Uh, he gets trained by Rocky Balboa. So Sylvester Stallone is so, in the so, movie? So Sylvester Stallone is in the movie as a like old um, Rocky Balboa who just wants to run his restaurant. His restaurant? Yeah, like he's just Amazing. a like he's just a like old uh, is it like a, Philadelphia is it like a or wherever it's from, Boston. Like a, it's like it's an Italian house. place, it's I think. Italian place. It's an Italian place. Oh wow! Uh, oh, wow. There's not a lot of time. Don't get too excited about the the like. I wanted to see the menu, the restaurant side plot because it's because okay. no, he abandons it pretty quickly and they really don't. They don't seem to resolve the question of like what's happened uh-huh. to his restaurant. The restaurant, the restaurant business is, is exciting, but it's not as exciting as the train. Well, and I think he's, you know, he's the gracious old owner. You know, he's the same Malone. He's the okay, yeah. Um, 
and you know, and of course gets into this kid and trains this kid and uh, great and totally implausible opportunities for cliffhanging, exciting, climaxing fights come up and wow. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but Sylvester Stallone is amazing in it. Yeah. And like, I think he's very, like, I think he's actually probably a pretty funny guy. And I would hope so. Good at comedy. Like, <laughs> like he just knows himself, right? Like he right. knows what the joke is at some yeah. levels. And it's hard to tell the difference. And I feel like this is, I was thinking of Harrison Ford. Um, Like there's lots of stuff where like the lines are, you know, it's a sparsely written contemporary Hollywood film. Yeah. Uh, but he just like will leave an extra train, you know, train distance of space between like the lines that he's supposed to say <laughs> that are only three words, anyways. Oh uh, and it's amazing because it's also about like he's Rocky Balboa, like he's been hit in the head a lot. Like yeah. speed is not, you know, rapid fire intellect is not maybe what he's great at. No, that's uh, not the point, really. But like I feel like Sylvester Stallone has he also has control over those pauses in a way that's pretty pleasing. Yeah. As just well, an old actor doing a like, oh I I get I'm old Rocky, like I'll be part of my job is also to be funny. Yeah. About that I'm an old man. You know, the movie that has come out that I have not had a chance to see yet is the new uh remake of Point Break. It is not getting good press. Of course it isn't. But even like I, I want you to see it, and then I want you to tell me if I should see it. I feel like it's not even getting good press in the way that. Well, have you you've seen the original Point Break, right? I think so. Oh, Jacob, you have to you have to watch it. The original is really it's horrible. It's, a, it's but it's Keanu. Um, is it Keanu? Yeah, Keanu and Patrick Swayze. Right. And uh, Gary Busey's in it too, and um. Yeah, so it's uh, yeah, it's 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 really bad, but it's very it's funny for its um, the sort of intensity of um, deeply serious um, like philosophy about um, about adrenaline and about uh, surfing and about uh, like skydiving and everything from Patrick Swayze's character Bodie. Um, and it's like, where we get Bodelicious from, or did he get his name from the term Bodelicious? Bodelicious. I think that might be it, but, um, (laughs) is that a term that doesn't exist? I don't know. It didn't, it didn't really, didn't really exist in the film, but it may have come after, but it's, um, yeah, it's, it's really bad. And unfortunately, I'm not certain. I'm not certain that that, I'm trying to think if that level of, um, just sort of campy, it's really hard to do campy when you're doing a movie that you can watch in like 3D surround sound about because in the new film apparently they're not just surfers and uh, with occasional skydiving going on they're <laughs> as, like as you do as you do they are uh, they're over they're all around extreme sports right. enthusiasts yeah well it's a broader so market it's like yeah absolutely um, so it's not just that it's like it's it's much more sort of extreme with just with an x not with an e yeah. extreme um and uh, i don't know how i don't know how campy 
I, the, the original film may not have intended to be campy. I kind of think it had to though. But um, I'm not sure how campy you can get these days unless you're already aware of working on the camp. It seems like they maybe took it a little too seriously, which is what Star Wars doesn't. Star Wars takes itself very seriously, but there's a few there's a few jokes in it. Oh yeah. That you kind of go, oh yeah, you we we all want you know that we all want to enjoy this. Yeah. You no, know and I we- and I yeah, and I listen to a bunch of you know nerd podcasts. Um, uh-huh. that often are talking about Apple equipment, uh, but, of course, are just talking about Star Wars these days. Right. Uh, and or it, or, or yeah. like Rocky Balboa in yeah. Creed, um, being aware, right? Yeah. So and, and, I'm really yeah. curious to see if there's any awareness of Bodhi's legacy um, in, the, in the Point Break film, because if there isn't, then, oh, they missed an opportunity drastically. Because, you know, watching somebody snowboard down a extreme mountain or something like that with i don't know having robbed a bank in the alps i have no clue how they did that what they're doing thinking but um it was uh yeah it's really and also all of the tech you know like you know how johnny utah figured out that who like started to track the trail of Bodie and the gang in the point break film Jake? no no i don't he found what turned out to be surf wax at a crime scene. Oh, yeah. Surf wax at a crime scene. I don't, like, now with all of the technological gadgets, you need to, to solve a crime. Right. I just feel like... I well, just, you would find the surf wax, it. and then you would find, like, the exact historiography of, the, of that piece of surf no. wax, and that would lead you to the exact store, and you would get the surveillance camera data... Yeah, and that no, what, would give you Bodhi. Or, or you're... Or, like you just need an extra scene in which there's a computer looking at um, the wax. Or some sort of like scanning thing that scans for uh, wax yeah. consistency or... Yeah, exactly. <coughs> oh, this is know. a rare wax. He's, he's a serious surfer. Mm-hmm. Say. This isn't just your commercial stuff. Yeah. There's so only I'll, one store in the entire world that sells it. Oh, that's... Yeah. So I'm just saying that I, I'm curious to, I'm really curious. The thing I'm most curious about is the, is camp in, in Point Break. Cause I, God willing, they've had, they have some, because that's the, that's one of the things that makes um, returning to a world palatable. Um, and it's also one of the things that makes the, the sheer preposterousness of most of these films um, fun because or, or like you just kind of you just sort of give it out because you're like oh good it's it's also a bit campy if it takes itself too seriously yeah. then God if bless. it takes itself too seriously or doesn't i mean i think it's a very interesting line to walk because i think there's my friend evan and our friend evan uh-huh. um i think finds jj abrams too self-aware uh. and you know like and i think it's a fascinating line that people have to walk of like i love that they don't there's no attempt at exposition of the, like, the the 1977 films. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no attempt at explaining who Han Solo is and who Leia is. Like, some of it comes out through the storytelling, such as the storytelling is. But there's an there's all like you've seen the other movies. If you ha- if this is your first Star Wars experience, weird we're not responsible for you. Like we are giving up on you as an outlier. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like I'm not, what do you mean? Introduce a character. Like we didn't introduce Luke. We didn't back into old times. Like, 
Well, but they kind of say char- we we didn't care about character th- development. They do a bunch of things like, is it true? All the blah blah blah. The oh blah, yeah, there's total blah. exposition like, so moments. Like, where did Luke go? Like, they do they have those moments, but there's not. Well, what they're doing there is, is it true? Yeah, it's true. And then um, you have to go back and find out what was true. Like, if you if you don't actually know what they're talking about, right. then some right. then you have to go back to the first three films that were released or whatever, right? Well, so, and, so they're, and they're they're yeah. trying to they're trying to send you they're basically trying to like catapult you home to basically buy them all on iTunes or pull out your DVDs sure. or whatever you're going to do. Um, that's what they're trying to do because you know if you if, don't if know, anything if anything if like partially because they assume you've already done that they do assume you've already done that but if you haven't I I went to a I went to what the heck was that one of the more recent Bond films, but not the most recent Bond film. I went to a recent, one of the recent Daniel Craig Bond films with somebody who had never seen a Bond film before, right. which I just made a face at the poor person and then I had to apologize. Um, not because Bond is all that great, but just because I was like, how did you avoid that yeah. um, it's a, it's in your trait. life? Yeah. Like, how did you manage to not, um, how did you, you live in the world? Um, but I just was like, it would just seem strange to me. And, um, and that's another, that's another set of films that has its own motifs and tropes and, yeah. and for that matter, characters, yeah. um, those worlds, that's interesting. And I that think... allows, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. Um, it, it allows for, so the other film in my trilogy of Christmas film, mm-hmm. um, along with the entire season of season two of Halt and Catch Fire, but that's a different story, um, is, was Spy? Did you see Spy? Oh, is that the, the one with Melissa, Melissa McCarthy? McCarthy? Yeah. Yeah, no, I haven't. I you have to see that. Okay. Yeah, like, very soon. Um, <laughs> with somebody that you enjoy laughing with. Uh, it's, I, I think it's very, very funny. Um, and ties into a bunch of these conversations. Like, it is, it's, gender stuff is incredibly smart it just ignores race altogether in a way that i think is almost it can't not be intentional but all the enemies are white dudes um it and it and it's working so heavily within a series of conventions that Mm -hmm. it also assumes we know and doesn't care if we don't in a way that parody can right like it's just like we are going to open with a james bond sequence and you know what a james bond sequence is like you know what the sequence that starts a movie is about and we can we can use that convention and make it funny and we will use the convention of the like the funny lady behind on the headset of the handsome spy like we can we can structure the whole movie around that convention in fact Mm -hmm. and and we just have we have these we have what we take is cultural reference points that that the film that parody can work off of right um and without and that's but that's a straight up comedy and that's hard like i bet point break like the thing that is nice in star wars is that the characters happen to be able to pull off being exactly as funny as they need to be which isn't very funny um and there's not and there's not any Jar Jar Binks, right? Like no. the droid is as close to that, and that's like within the Star Wars canon. And yeah, but droids droids words. are funny and useful and loyal. Yeah, 
They're they're like they're like animal companions, but more sophisticated. Yeah. Um. Like even even the way that the little droid responds to seeing the Oscar Isaac character, um, like it's like a dog. It's oh, like totally. an adorable little dog yeah. that's just like my master, my master, and um, like the the level of loyalty and and even affection that they show, it's yeah. like fascinating. And that's and that's built, you know, R two. Mm-hmm. That was true of, mm-hmm. um, yeah, and it's uh, and all yeah, and and it yeah, it does a very I mean, so it's a very good job of also just knowing like it has to please the past. Mm-hmm. It has to like also be an entire apology for three films, right? Like that's the well, last time there was Star yeah, Wars in the movie point. theaters, they were terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, in all sorts of ways. You know, one of the uh, t- two things that I'm thinking about, one is an exhibit I saw at the Experience Music Project this summer, yeah. and the other is Fast and the Furious, but I'll start with the Experience Music Project. <laughs> to, to, to give us at least some credentials that we're not just talking about movies? Uh, or is it about okay. a movie? I think it's okay yeah, for it's us to talk about movies, man. This is like the, it's that the holiday concept. edition. It's a holiday edition, and also... It's uh, it's lore and it's storytelling and yeah. quite frankly, it's the kind of this is these are the kind of references that people, most people walk in with yeah. when they're coming to see any of our work. Um, <clears throat> for you know, and so for me, it's about under and you know, and, and for that matter, how far how far some of the story sources for that stuff goes back and the Experience Music Project, um, which every I hope everybody knows, it's in Seattle. It's this amazing building and. Um, they, they, it's a pop culture. I mean, it's, it's music, but it's a pop culture museum. And they had a Star Wars, um, a Star Wars costume exhibit. Um, and I, you had to pay extra to see it. Was this like you built your own character? No. no, This was like, this was all of the information about the costumes and how they, how they arrived at costuming. They had the costumes. They talked about where all of these all the source material comes from for these costumes. Um, and it's fascinating because I, I, and I, I bought the ticket and I went in cause I was like, I know so many people who are such huge fans. I would be doing most people in my life a disservice by not coming in here. And um, it was fascinating because all of those, so many of those characters um, are based on particular historical or even story or, or um, source material story references, all of that Jedi, all of those, those Jedi robes and things like that are so, you know, they're so referential of um, Eastern, um, Eastern warriors and Eastern mythology and, and um, like, it's all Joseph Campbell hero's journey. Like, absolutely. And the, the mix of cultures, and the mix of the mix of the mix of cultures and the the, the different um, the different references and and they've created a world that is full a, a mash of of historical references that we all understand and I guess I I got that from the films but it was really fascinating to go from place to place and read about them and to look at the fabric and it's interesting to me uh, and I wasn't just paying attention to the fabric because it was on Adam Driver okay. But I was paying attention to the sort of, you know, evil black robe right. stuff. The, the Vader wannabe. The Vader wannabe stuff. 
but the the fat the all of those linen fabrics and like really beautiful um linen fabrics and even luke's robe at the very end it's really hard not to especially maybe just because i've seen this exhibit really go really look at even just the fabric choices on all of those things and this sort of the the particular natural fabrics or the way that they're belted or the way that they're they're robed is so um evocative of, of a particular world and of course i mean there's all of the third reich references in uh in the dark side and the whatever that what do the they call first, them the first order the first order that's a lot more obvious uh, than it has been really <laughs> Um, well, so, well, because since since America is you know making the only claims for empire at the moment, it's uh, I guess I guess they dropped the. There was a couple that was that was the one linguistic change. The other interesting li- linguistic change that they just hit so many times as to, and like, is they they talked about the resistance, not the rebellion. Mm. And did they, yeah, it wasn't the resistance before. No, 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 rebel, rebels, rebel what? base, rebels. rebel base. I've played, you know, even more than watched. Like I've spent time, video game time inside the oh. the Star Wars universe, and it was always rebels. It was the, the rebels and the Empire. Um, and so I think it's an interesting. Uh, linguistic. Yeah. shift and yeah. and i you know and i think is not unpolitical and towards a politics that i probably disagree with like yeah sort of a sort of neoliberal american thing mm. um but, well and the, the, even the even the resistance <laughs> but it's formerly, star wars for god's rebels, sakes <laughs> rebel pilots um like all of those uniforms are meant to be you know like they're like a throwback to um, you know, First World War and post-war um, airplane. Oh, fights. absolutely, and, and all and 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 so, the the visual references of how they fight, and you know, they fight in a way that is totally insane. Mm-hmm. Um, if you were designing space war, like <laughs> this is this is not how space war is going to look. Uh, should, were were we to get to space war? But yeah, no, I think I mean all of that references are. You know, and it's also us who saw probably at least one, if not two, of the films on release in the cinema. Like, generationally, it's very functional. And it does seem like it's very functional for kids. Like, kids are into it. Kids are super into it. My nephews, my nephews who haven't really seen any of the films, but are, but know that there's some, there's something to be excited about. They got. They recognized. They recognized many of the characters. They got Star Wars sheets. They were wearing their Star Wars pajamas. I kept commenting on how weird it was that my five and three quarter year old nephew Gavin had um, like his Chewbacca pajamas on, and I was like, "It's so weird that you look furry. So weird." Um, but it was. Uh, it was kind of. Uh, it was funny. It was like a funny. It's a funny thing to sort of see them get so enthusiastic, having very little. Um, very little understanding of what actually a lot of the, or or more understanding than I would than I would think would be possible, given their limited uh, interaction. Yeah, the films itself. Yeah, and it's you know it's a very, and that's a different time to, I'm not sure if entirely potentially apocryphal story that 
when the first one was released, of course, it was before before people realized that you know all of that merchandise could both be advertising for the movie and money made. Oh yeah. Uh, and so there were no toys available for Star Wars uh, the first year that it was yeah. released. Like it came out, and everyone was like, "We want toys!" Like all the kids, right? And you know, in the olden days, the <laughs> the film company was like, "Oh, huh, that's a good idea. We should yeah. do that." Uh, but of course, it takes time to ramp up production. Blah blah blah. Mm-hmm. Um, that's why they do it ahead of time now. Uh, but the top selling, this is the potentially apocryphal story, is the top selling Christmas pr- toy that year was a platform that had the pegs. I don't know if you remember Star Wars figures, but they had little mm-hmm. pegs little... in the feet and you could, yeah, you you would peg stand, them into, up. you could stand them up into various scenarios. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was the sheet, the plastic sheet on which you could stand your first five characters, probably, you know, Luke right. and, you know, the biggies. Mm-hmm. Um, and and you could take that sheet in once they were released and they would give you the figures. Like, so it was a promissory note for the figures from the toy company. Oh. But the thing they could manufacture was this, like, little standing thing but it meant that like kids were being delighted by getting this like totally useless object because it was an empty because it was an empty space that was like stage yeah. that, that will soon be filled here here will be star wars figures favorite character as soon as they're made like as soon as they show up <laughs> um, <laughs> there's something nice in that promise oh there's it's totally nice lovely and promise. and now you know no no need because that's that's in fact how you get people on board mm-hmm. ahead of time is is through the fine. I mean, yeah, is through the well, pajamas and and sheet sets. Yeah, it's interesting. I uh, if anybody wants to watch a truly amazing soap opera, <clears throat> you should watch the Fast and the Furious movies, oh, yeah. which I have done. I am. Uh, I don't think I've talked about it on the show. An enthusiast. I'm a Fast and the Furious enthusiast. This yeah. happened about a year ago, maybe. I don't, I was, came out of nowhere, but I watched, I was, I think I was sick or something, and I watched th- the first three that were released in like two days. And then by the end of the week, it was around the time that Seven came out. And I had, by the end of the week, I'd watched all of the previous six. And then uh, went to the IMAX by myself and watched the seventh, just to basically collect them all. Um, and uh, it's it's that's uh, that is another world that is a little more like our own than Star Wars, um, but not not really like ours. Um, only only marginally. Only marginally. That has its own it has its own rules, its own lore. It's not in chronological order. Um, and oh, I, I don't think I ever realized that. Mm, yes, they, the the order of release date is not the order of chronology. So how um, often do they? Is there one outlier or? There's one. There's one real outlier, 
Um, and you do kind of have to know what happened um, in order to get, right. you know, why you would others. care. Yeah, but um, it's uh, it's fascinating, uh, and it it's also a, a sort of. I read an article, and I, I have mixed feelings about the article, so I'll just say that. But I read an article about Fast and the Furious being a sort of post-race movie, um, which I again, like I said, I, I'm I'm not sure how I feel about the article. But it, it isn't, it's a place, it, it's, it's, a, it's a world in which um, there's uh, many, many different races on, on both sides. And um, it's, it's, a, it, it, it's not made, there's not a whole lot made of, of, of it. It's just aware. They're just like, it's not aware. It's more like um, there's a, a range of different people um, playing a range of different roles. And it's an it's an interesting it's an interesting sort of collection and and they bring in um they bring in movie stars from different parts of the world uh to play uh, you know i mean a lot of them are in movies that are like fight or um you know uh, martial arts movies and even comedies from other parts of the world to be a part of the film and they increasingly go everywhere to film the movies um the best one of the group probably is fast is fast five, the fifth one. And it is in Brazil. It's set in Brazil and it's actually, it's very, it's very nationalistic about Brazil. Um, it's really, it's a fascinating, it's a, it's a much more, I mean, it's a much more interesting world than say, uh, a series of car movies would let on. Um, now I'm not saying it's a particularly interesting world, but it's a much more interesting world than you might expect. Yeah, and, uh, and, and it... I would really like, and if anybody knows of one, please let me know. But when I started to get really into it, um, so uh, the main character, Vin Diesel's character, it was originally meant to, and this is another interesting thing too, is it was originally meant as a vehicle for Paul Walker, um, the blonde guy. Right. But what ended up happening was the Vin Diesel character, the uh, Toretto character, has become so such a huge part of it that uh, he's clear, he's he is the star of the movie. Paul Walker's character is now a sidekick. Um, but they Toretto is like his his dad was a mechanic in the film, and um, but we never meet him. He's just sort of there in some sort of like lore and. Um, uh, uh, Dominic Toretto often wears his like his dad's uh, mechanic shirt with the like, with the you know those like classic um, embroidered name things yeah. um, that just says Toretto on it. And I was like, oh my god, I want one of those so bad. I'm going to put it on a suit jacket and wear it around work. Um, and you know what? I can't find them anywhere. I can't believe nobody's no, nobody's you know. I can't believe Vin Diesel isn't making a million dollars selling Toretto patches. Oh, just the patch. Just the patch, man. Just the patch. I don't need the. I don't need the whole patch. shirt. I just want the patch because I want to put it. I feel like the whole shirt might be easier. Um, whole shirt would be easier, but I, you know what? Between between us yeah, and the internet, I might just make one of my own. Yeah, I, I so mean, I, I assume Vin Diesel can come after me if he wants. I, you know, Etsy. Ready might, have you have you looked on Etsy? I've looked on Etsy. I did look on Etsy for Fast and Furious and Toretto stuff. The, oddly enough, there are a lot of T-shirts with images of Dominic Toretto on them, but there isn't uh, that I'm aware. There wasn't the last time I checked. Right. 
But um, yeah, I mean, and if there is anyone out there who does those embroidered patches, who wants to get in touch with me. uh, Yeah, I feel like, I mean, one, yes, I think you could just um, find a uniform supply store in Mm -hmm. Calgary that Mm -hmm. does those patches for people Mm -hmm. and say... I want a patch that looks like this. That's a Toretto. I guess I was shocked that it hadn't already happened. Yeah. That's what I'm no, saying. Yeah. Seems, it seems like a no-brainer to me. But I feel hey. like patches are... The movie companies are not... That's true. ...thinking on the patch level. The, they made a lot of t-shirts that say, you know, like lines from the movie and stuff like that. But but even that, I bet, is not... But I mean, it's, it's at best a... licensed, right? Like, it's... yeah. There's, I mean that, that I'm sure it's trade I'm sure that name is trademarked up the wazoo. Reddo? I but that's that's the hard thing with you like you you can't copyright names. Oh, true. True. So, you know, like there's they might be able to like they you know, they change the font a little mm-hmm. so that the font is copyrighted. Uh yeah. or some obnoxious thing like that. Yeah, I, I, the Fast and the Furious stuff capitalism at the moment is going to drive towards a certain kind of diversity in an interesting way. Like it's, or in a potentially like that part of it is positive, (laughs) Uh, you know, which is that Fast and the Furious just knows that that's a way it's a global producers. It's a global market and it's, and every action film right now has lots of, um, locations and all of those locations will now include major cities in Asia because they just know statistically that it makes more money if there's yeah, it's, it's, like it's, it's a, just it's, it's a, a no-brainer of hello Cleveland yeah yeah and and you include those stars and so you're going to get bigger releases and in, in you know Mission Impossible is you know, there's always like two extra set pieces that you're like, why are there so many f- set pieces? But it's like everyone needs to be in a different city because mm. they're doing something around where there's a market getting it, getting out of the States and Canada and Western Europe for, and, and that's the biggest market available, right? Brazil, of course they would go to Brazil, especially then like Brazil was, having a nationalistic through capitalism moment, right? Of mm-hmm. being the the South American giant and Canada, you know. Canada, we just spy on them. That's what we do. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so it's, because I, he- I guess I hear also in the tech community, there's a lot of conversation about the, and this goes to spy even, to, to the money being left on the table by not being diverse. Like that's how mm-hmm. the argument towards diversity, it's not mm-hmm. a moral or a ethical position or a political position. It's a commerce position, which is like, you're ridiculous if you're not selling games to women. Like what, why on a market level, why would you do that? <laughs> um, and, and why would you not? try to be selling to other places and maybe if you're selling to other places you need to include some of their people mm-hmm. and so so teams get more diverse because that's a better way to make a thing that will reach more people which 
you know, reaching more people, that seems good. Um, well, it's yeah, certainly the, good for commerce. And it's go- certainly good for commerce. And, it, you know, and the spreading of ideas. And so mm-hmm. and that, that's where I just want to be able, I want there to be more public talking about what the ideas that we're spreading are. Yeah. And, <laughs> right? Like there's and, an assumption that we don't even, we don't even talk about what those, I what an ideological basis of any of these things. Yeah. Um, and, and not, and the, the, the not good enough, um, yeah. way of, of, you know, and, and all messages need to be questioned, but it's interesting to me when I, when I think about, Oh, well, what is like, if I, if I, if I put on my rose colored glasses, which I know, you know, always, they don't see clearly, but when one puts on their rose colored glasses and looks at anything, um, what even on a surface level are we hoping to achieve with any of these films, right? Like that's where I think point break is going to fail <laughs> because I don't know what it's going to, I don't know, man, like snowboard down a mountain. It's exciting. I, I, it's well, not, but the thing is they're not, they're not, you are too far out of it. It's like, it's just narrow casting mm-hmm. into, into a boy, like, yeah. It looks like it's just like we are just going to adrenaline you for two hours, but the, the and interesting... so only people like, which is mostly young men, like, and that's okay. and that's a market choice that they, if you, if you don't have comic writers or a director who can deal with, I'm really taking I'm really taking the boots to um, poor Point Break here. I haven't even seen it yet, but <laughs> the but the the thing is is that you know uh, okay so uh, again. I need to repeat, I am, you know, I don't think Fast and the Furious is changing the world. Um, But the thing that's, with my rose-colored glasses, the thing about the film that's interesting is that it's, there's a level of discussion of family or the creation of family, because um, that includes this group, this wildly diverse group of people um, that are all part of a sort of larger family that's built through the show, through through the series. And again, that's why it's a soap opera. It's a total soap opera, but complete with like memory loss and stuff like that. Like just crazy. Right. Um, and the, yeah, that's people coming back from the dead, like, like that kind of like high, high camp drama. But it's, it's ultimately this sort of this family that, that is formed over, over many, many experiences, um, experiences few of us have. Um, but, uh, still this is sort of like um but we can you know relate to that time that we were in a line in the mall and it was pretty crazy yeah i mean you and i spending time at banff during through the looking glass is not exactly like us jumping out of a plane in cars that have automatic gps um parachutes that will drop us down in but, the but only mountains. by a degree of metaphor. Only by a degree of metaphor, because um, the level of because the the you know there's been I I certainly feel a certain way about the people that I that I was in that program with. Yeah. Um, that uh, and there's you know like I plan on seeing them um, when I go out to Toronto in January. And uh, by the way, I'm coming to Toronto. Yeah, in January. I was gonna say. When are you coming to Toronto in January? Mm-hmm. I, we can have that conversation. We'll have that conversation. But um, yeah, like there's this sort of um, those experiences 
that are, you know, um, heightened experiences where you learn something or, or you connect with people or, or something like that. You feel a, a strong empathy for people that, um, for, that you would rarely, have, you may not have, you may or may not have ever found yourself in the same room with that. I kind of go, you know, and, in, and that's what I mean with the rose colored silly glasses on. I'm like, sure. and it sounds like it's, it's funny. It's one of the, those are stories that I like in, 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 in pop culture, in whatever forms of culture. Uh, and and you've done a convincing job of probably getting me to to dutifully watch Fast and Furious. Um, but is is group of misfits get band together and fight big bad? I don't know if we've talked about this. Yeah. Um, that's my basic story, right? Like that's the basic story that I want. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't want. Uh, anti-hero individual anti-hero compelling but terrible mm-hmm. uh, but terrible to terrible people so maybe that's okay uh that's not a story that i want it's a very common yeah. story at the moment um but but yeah what's and, an and example I, of that story what's an example of that story breaking bad um oh, yeah, thank you sopranos gotcha dexter that Dexter in perhaps its purest form, like right. we're we're just going to have you. But Sopranos, like he's a serial killer, mm-hmm. um, he's killed serially. Uh, <laughs> you know, like they're 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 the broken men, broken angry men, mm. uh, telling the world "fuck you." Like it's, you know, people in the United States of America need to watch less of those shows. Like that's. That's it's such a, of, a deeply unhelpful metaphor does seem for like how they're behaving in the world right now, right? Like they're yeah. behaving like that and in part because these stories are basically redemptive of that guy. Mm-hmm. Um, or at least like may, that, maybe that's the right position, true to himself. Um, and so I'm much more compelled by the like group of weirdos realize they can't do it alone. Yeah. Um, which, you know, Star Wars and back to Star Wars. Like, Star Wars is that story. And Big Bad, like, they're not, you know, Han sometimes shitty and he, he's going to leave them, but then he doesn't. Like, they, there are internal fights to the group of misfits, but they're not. They're not killing each other and they're not, like, sort of betraying core identity. But bad, but the, but the other interesting. And also, bad is, like, so bad like that is bad is so bad but bad is still also connected to them bad is their dad yeah or their son or their son like bad is spoiler alert, spoiler alert. <laughs> um, i feel like i feel like when i said han's son stabs him with a lightsaber and kills that him. was a huge spoiler was a, yeah, and you yeah. didn't even say spoiler alert i think i think well if we depending on where we start from we will mm-hmm. i will include a little like to be very clear there are spoilers yeah. Um, um, yeah. No. I mean, but that—that's the other interesting thing is that is that the bad, the bad is is um, it's it's pl- it's 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 possible to it's possible to have both or go from side to side. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or it's or a choice. That, bad is a choice. Or that it is it is intimately connected to you, and that's that to me is like that's a that's a sort of that's a, a like not particularly um uh deep but but a very um smart and and seductive 
way of thinking about um, the overall, you know, arc of the mo- of the films mm-hmm. is that um, it's not like it's a, it's not an alien force. It's it's of you in yeah. some way, and that you know that's a that's the sort of the horrifying realization, or that you could be that you could have been good at one point and now you're now you're part of the dark side or that the dark side is something that you can be sort of rehabilitated yeah. um out of is a uh, as long as you train under Luke Skywalker um that's but he almost he almost went over at some point oh, yeah. to side Matt. so the the that's <laughs> The gray side of the of the Star Wars movies is what is what I kind of go again. Like this is ro- simple rose colored glasses thinking, but I kind of go, that's an interesting that in a, in and of itself is an interesting discussion about um, being you know perceiving yourself as pure of heart, but how difficult it how quickly it can become dark. Yeah, and how it's I mean what I how I read it you know and yes in the. But also in the mythology sense, in the way that I like Kafka's parables more than his novels. Like, I like parables, and Star Wars is a parable, and, and so part of it is also that I want, when we when I think about parables, it's like, well, what's what's it a parable about? Um, and yeah, and I think the Star Wars parable of whatever, the meme that I most appreciate is now going around is like, the attempt to say, like, there are four Star Wars films. We don't even have to talk about the other three. Uh, when we say Star Wars, there's four films that we mean. Mm-hmm. Um, but is, yeah, is that the dark soid, dark soid, the dark soid and the light soid, the mm-hmm. dark side and the light side are choices that people make around how to, to deal with power, right? That mm-hmm. force is power. And we have, you know, and now we're getting really into like philosophy through Star Wars, which I, I think, you know, honestly, if we talked more about, we'd probably do better in the internet rating systems. Um, but uh, yeah, so there's a dark side and a light side and how you execute your power, how you apply the force that you have. and And some people because of whatever, and this is where the hand-waving comes in, uh, the force is strong in them. <laughs> um, but also, you know, Han Solo has force, and, uh, you know, and it's just the Millennium Falcon, and how does he apply the power that he has? Does he come back and save Luke? Oh, yes, he does. You know, what is... I think that that is a question, and it's not, you know, it's not... Yeah, it's not a super deep question, Um but it is a more interesting question. Even then, like, I feel like Star Trek, as we talk about this, and now we're just, we're just trying to pick internet fights. Uh, yeah, is less. Oh. Yeah, I don't know. And I don't know what I'm, don't I'm thinking. Say it. I don't Go say it. I think it's less you like it. races have characteristics in Star Trek that they don't in Star Wars. Is that, that is, is that true? That is true. That is true. Right, like, like Romulans, like there, there might be an exception where there's a good Romulan, but that's an exception. It's not like all Romulans are good and there is a bad government, mm-hmm. right? Or, you know, some Romulans are bad, 
those people run government, everybody else is doing what they're told um, and responding to propaganda machine, right? Which is like what in this Star Wars they try to do, right? They're trying to redeem coming out of the clones that we now know about and we know that the Jedi caused that. Like they're trying to redeem individual stormtroopers, right? Like that there's a, that most of them are just caught in programming and have been, are basically slaves and have been mm -hmm. caught by evilness. Yeah. Um, and, you know, and this is nothing more fancy than, you know, tied in with the holiday season. Like this is just love the, love the sinner, hate the sin, which of course gets used in horrible ways. Mm. Um, also, but it's the same principle, right? To understand that, and even <laughs> I liked your valiant attempt to like talk about the looking glass. Um, <laughs> and, and maybe I can try to help more than well, it was. It was a valiant attempt, but it was also true. It was also true. Um, and I think, and I totally think about it. And I think rehearsal processes are uh -huh. groups of misfits getting together and fighting big bad and big bad is like, what is big bad? The potential, I mean, for me, the potential of being boring at some levels, like, Mm -hmm. Big Bad is the show. Like Big Bad is what's the thing we're working on, and how do we, how do we, not if not defeat it? You know that that's where the metaphor goes towards better questions, right? Group right. of misfits get together, tackle big question, come up with better questions, come up with a good night out. Mm -hmm. Ideally, come up with a good night out that asks better questions. Like that's that's the 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 mythic dream um and that is full and is responded to you know like the you know that's the the basic impossibility of that task is mm -hmm. it's big bad like the the, well, and the, the big, again to back to perfection uh the failure of perfection of that moment is both inevitable and the big bad well and the thing that i appreciate about the star wars metaphor in this case is is that, but that big bad is also us in some right. way. Yeah. You know, like our, our own hopes or dreams for what the show is going to be sure. and how many people are going to see it and how much people are going to love it. Um, and, and, that, and that wanting control, right? Like that's, I mean, that's in the Star Wars metaphor. Like wanting order is, I mean, the, the, like the, that's why it's nice that it came out of the 70s and it's anti-fascist. It's not, uh -huh. it didn't come out of the 80s. And, like, it's still, yeah, it's like, it's, they're not communists. Like, it's very clear that it's totalitarian mm -hmm. control. But it's, it's that the ba bad is the side that wants order, also wants, wants super hierarchical. So why were the... I mean, I don't know how the galaxy is going to, like, you know, galaxy-level government. I think I was listening to something yesterday that I was like, oh, yeah, it was so nice when people used to talk about, like, whether nation states were a good idea. Right. Like, which we just don't talk about. And, like, that's where these, like, one of the ideologies of Star Wars that is might be interesting to question is why does a galaxy need a government? Like, why is galaxy level the appropriate size of, right. of decision making, right? Like, maybe that, like, and control. Like that's uh, that maybe in and of itself, and the rebellion is sort of that, or the resistance, where it's more diversified in its 
And it's still like that a military is the right way to structure the future, right? Which is also the Star Trek metaphor. Mm -hmm. It's like everything will be fine as long as everything is structured as if everybody was in the military. Here's a question. So I didn't, I didn't see all of the, me, the middle three that we, we keep avoiding talking about. Right. The, um, the preludes. or The the ones that nobody was really into. Yeah. or I, People were into them. I, I say nobody. Uh, like, no, nobody I think no, like nobody above the age of 10. I, that, I, think that's, like, I think that's actually true. Okay. Well, then was it because was there something? <laughs> I, I, I know humans liked those movies. Was there a story deficiency? Was it that there was nothing like? Was it that it wasn't that it was that the films were too subtle or something? I mean, I'm not saying so yes, no, no, but like yes. So yes, it was that they were too subtle. Um, and this was this was part I'm of Evans' remember. discussion last night is that they were more. So one of the things that science fiction can do, it is said, and I would agree, is offer different possibilities of how we think about organization and and through the use of genre and metaphor can provide new reflections in new ways onto ourselves and into possibilities. And Star Wars doesn't do a lot of that. Like the first three don't do a lot of that. Um, I like your, I think the hypothesis that you've laid down around them as a sort of bricolage of signif signifiers. And that's also one of the things that science fiction can do is bring together a lot of diverse things from different times and cultures and throw them into one pot and that's an oh. interesting thing but they don't star wars doesn't do a huge amount of world building and so the first three were basically about taxation and uh. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know like kind of and it, like it was a big tax debate mm. and a big debate about like federal funding now, when, when you say the first three, are you talking about the first the, three that were released? or the Star, first? No, the first three, the pro, like one, two, and three. Episodes the, one, two, and three. Episodes one, two, and three. There we okay. go. That's the language. That's the Thanks. canonical. Yeah. So, yeah. So, episodes one, two, and three are sort of like a tax dispute. Um, and so, that's happening also while he's like, I want to make a tax dispute and so people who care about tax disputes might be into it. And the other people that I care most about are like my eight-year-old children. Right. And so the missing in that is like grown-ups. And the tax dispute is not done well, right? Like, and then it's not directed or written well. It's if you're writing about a tax dispute, you need good writing. Like it, people, people still go to H&R Block to get their taxes done for a reason. Sure. They don't really want to deal with them themselves. So why would you do three movies about them? Yeah, and and it's also potentially compellingly true that histories of things where bad choices get to be made, where there becomes bad choices, gets mm. implemented implemented through like deeply boring policy. Like we just had mm. ten years of that in this country, where like deeply boring policy can be used to really try to change the basic organization of society. Mm -hmm. And that's true, but um, you know, is a Star Wars movie the right place for that? I mean, there's lots of science fiction. Ursula Le Guin has tons of books that are like tax disputes. Um, the dis is it the dispossessed? Um, she's a like yeah, kid of an anthropologist, science fiction writer, and it's amazing. Um. Mm -hmm. 
but they're not action movies <laughs> and they're not star wars like they're they're not parables uh, her parable books don't do as much of that but she's a world builder science fiction writer in a way that is not what the star wars films are doing mm. you know dune which is a great story is a tax dispute story <laughs> like it's do you know do you, I, I know I don't know Dune, man. I I, yeah, I have too. a vague like I read. I, if you showed me the movie poster, I, I mean don't. it's an oil. It's an oil. So first, the thing that everyone needs to do is even before reading Dune, and I, I think the first Dune book at least is so deeply imprinted on me that I think also some of the places where I go like, oh, that's what's wrong. I should not have read that book when I did. Um. <laughs> <laughs> that that's a terrible it's a terrible book for like over intellectual only children only male child to read it's just like okay well parenting advice everybody yeah parenting advice is i mean they will love your it your parents did a good job though yeah like a, oh absolutely it turned out just fine thanks um i mean it's like the six degrees of separation bit about um catcher in the rye being read only by the people who shouldn't read it Mm. Like only for the people for whom it's most dangerous. Mm. Like, the people who love the book at the most at the right time are all um, unable to do the self-reflection to be like. But anyways, doing the movie, doing the book is basically like a new royal family has been given control of all the oil reserves in the world. Mm. And there's going to be some intrigue about that. Right. And like that's that's the global politics stories. And I like and I do and I love science fiction that includes that. And I love theater that I mean that's nobody's really I feel like nobody's working on how to solve for it, but it's what I like about Hamlet is that there's like this thing about a war going on. Mm-hmm. And we just now cut that out of stories. Right? That's how we deal with that in contemporary like how we deal with Ford and Bra is to say that's not what the play's about. And it's what? like, well, maybe it is. what if what if the whole play is about the war? Mm-hmm. And like there's just some twit well, yeah. bemoaning himself. Um and that's about nations and war. Um and power. And power. And yeah, that, I mean the the uh, so many of these things too. I mean like uh, one so many so many references and so many things that are so firmly ingrained um you know as i as i was talking about you know the the costume aspect of it for star wars is one thing but there's so many pieces of our narrative that are built on uh built on shakespeare who built them on some something else built them on history yeah built, built them, them on, on history, other stories built, and yeah. that and all the way back to you know all the way back to the very first stories we ever told ourselves and i think that to me is what. Um, that to me is is uh, a really one of the things that I find really quite fascinating about um, our continual obsession with with narrative. And even though we uh, we we may not be able to express it, sometimes narrative that is un, like unfulfilling or narrative that is. Um, that it doesn't capture like some narratives capture our imaginations more than others. Um, and I mean us as in the royal us, but also yeah. us as in individuals. There's there's stories we come there's stories we come back to over and over again. And you, you've talked about some for you, 
Um, but it's, it's an, it, to me, it's, that's the, that's the interesting thing about all of, like all of this discussion is that it's, it's about where we, where we go to, we think we're getting away from something, but we're, we're actually trying to grapple with something in many cases. Mm -hmm. And, um, whether we're consciously aware of it or not. And I, I'm curious about what, you know, I mean, it, it, it's increasingly global, the, the, our understanding of, of, of these, or the coming together of different narratives. Are, but I, I feel like I'm really curious about, you know, I, and I'm sure someone has written one already about, you know, s some of the parallels, obvious or otherwise, to um, any given current world political situation and star wars or any number of things you know because it's those things though those patterns repeat themselves not just in narrative but also sometimes in behavior and i'm i'm really curious about what uh not that everything has to be a, an essay but i'm sure someone's written one and i'm i'm oh, kind yeah. of curious about i'm very curious to to read it and discover it and and also generations and patterns of behavior i mean star wars is a huge that's a huge uh uh there's uh you know i mean those are there's what like three one of the major things is about you know um three generations of of fighters i mean and, and you know three generations of of people um and their choices and their relationship to dark dark side or force and um and you know one of the more interesting things is that is that is truly a compelling hanging question in this particular film is the parentage of the of the Daisy Ridley character um because that's yeah. going to be key like you know it's not it, she's not just somebody who came out of nowhere probably no. that would be a really bad uh, bad dramaturgy but i just i assume that she's one of the kids from the i mean she's one of the kids from the like Jedi school that Luke had to close because things went bad. Probably. Well, and, she's and then a, and is she Luke's a, kid? A, I hope she's not Luke's kid because then, dude, I kind of feel like she might be Luke's kid. But that's that. Then I, now, I, I, now we're into the two. problem of the Bushes and the fucking Clintons. Like we're like, and I agree with you so much about the family stuff being interesting, but only if it also is like it's not only this family. Yeah, like, and that's it's, it's the. Too but it's yeah. It has. There has to be another. There has I to be another to just dynasty. Be like, oh, you just happened to be another. Like you were a baby that we were like, whoa, this kid's, this kid is off the charts. She's like above Skywalker, kick ass. Um, and so we're gonna send her away, and Luke's just gonna try to replicate his childhood by sending her to a desert planet. Like mm -hmm. it's like, what did you learn from the past, dude? Like that's some terrible parenting. It's like well, if you're going to a, send your child to a remote place, like pick one that has water. It's like there's a rep, there's some sort of like rebel helmet or re re sorry, resistance helmet. Oh no, um, she just found that on the ground. She's a scavenger. That's from the the great battle that she's always scavenging. Spoiler alerts. Um, it just seemed like it had like a teddy bear quality to it. Oh yeah, I think so. But I just thought it was a like you find the volleyball. It's not that he was I a it was volleyball. It was a family thing. It was a volleyball. <laughs> you know, oh my that, god. I, didn't, I haven't seen that movie, but I feel like I know the reference. Um, yeah, I hope... So my, my reason for hoping that she's not... 
like part of the bloodline is so that it's not because there's a potential of for royalty right like and i and i liked the jokes in this star wars about um like c3po keeping forgetting to call people by their like non royalty names right like to not say princess leia Mm -hmm. and not say master luke like you mm-hmm. keep saying master Lu- like in a way that's like oh yeah like let's also remember that the metaphor of star wars is that of slaves and royalty and mm-hmm. a royal family yeah um and so that's yeah lineage is such a huge part of it and that's that's the tricky part when you get into trying to actually diversify the world yeah and that's the part and also where politically then I'll start being like eh, like i'm not the sins of the father are suffered on the sin on the on the son is a story that I have that I find reprehensible mm. and, and in Canadian and in a highlight of Canadian theater. So, <laughs> um, it's my major problem with East of Berlin. I have a very and I'll just say that just so that we're being clear. But because I think it contains this metaphor of the sins of the father are passed on to the son. Which I think is a like metaphor of control that is problematic. Well, um, well, now we have our own political dynasty up here. Yeah, absolutely. And we are about to see a Bush Clinton, or like maybe not, but that was uh, you know before. I wish before the way, performance artist. In a weird artist, way, I kind of uh, that would be the. I know it now seems like a a golden possibility uh, versus uh, you know Trump Sanders. Uh, which I sort of love Bernie, but it just speaks to increased polarization. Um, Massively increased polarization. Wow. But, you know, so that's the question. Do we want I watched the dynasty? Star I watched Star Wars yesterday, but what you just said gave me the shivers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like, it's, it's the, one, it's that times are shitty and people want some optimism and populism so populism is doing well mm-hmm. and bernie sanders is a populist in the same way that i mean in a less offensive way in a way that i agree with more and is to me less based on fear but than trump um, and speaks to our better our better fast thoughts mm. um than our worst fast thoughts yeah. but is still about speaking to the fast thought mm. um Whereas, like, Hillary can't, can't be changed, like, cannot, despite being, you know, the first woman ever elected, right? Like, is in an awkward position where, like, literally the oldest white man seems like the radical option. <laughs> um, yeah. And that's all very weird. And, yes, and we have, and we got, yeah, I mean, he's hot, he's charming, he's of the, like, he seems like a human despite being hot and charming and of political pedigree, he does a very good job of being kind and thoughtful and in the moment. Like I think Trudeau is very good at being present in a way that more so than his dad was even. Oh yeah. And, and, and in a way that understands the political moment in a way that Trump is like, he's in the present, like he's improvising. He's an improviser. (laughs) It's not like he's thinking about what he's saying. <laughs> um, and he just knows how to respond to the present moment. And so just because he's... Yeah, anyway, like it's... 
and he, whatever. I don't. Terrifying. Well, we'll see where that narrative goes. Um, but Trudeau, yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that that stuff makes me a bit uncomfortable uh, for historical reasons. I it also like is somewhat nice in its revealing the truth of things, mm-hmm. like that our our the leaders of our nations are never too distantly not related to the last leaders of our nation mm-hmm. whether by real family or just class and and context but because yeah and I, just to go back you were saying about the the way in which these stories reflect and how they get told i think that stuff's fascinating to me i mean working on antigone that's a thing that working on the classics is like classical greek stuff because they've been interpreted for so long Mm-hmm. And to look also at what they meant at the time, which is usually really different. Like Antigone is a pro Creon play for the yeah. Greeks. Like right. Socrates is, you know, writing the play having just been a general and having to had a whole bunch of people killed. So he's trying to deal with Creon, being Creon, played Creon in the original production. Um, and then, like, wrote himself a foil, but that a foil that he would say, like, even my personal suffering, right? That even my family die, like, even this suffering is, is what I have to do for the state, is what I yeah. do for the goodness of the community. Yeah. Um, that was part of it's how it functioned in Greece, following Romanticism, and the individual becoming a big deal in Western Europe. Um that narrative begins to change and and it becomes about Antigone and Antigone being right. Like for the Greeks, Antigone like isn't, it's complicated, but there are ways, like I think, and for me, there are ways in which it's like, if you're royalty, part of what you have to deal with is that you may not get all the fam- family rituals you want <laughs> because if you, we bury your brother, thousands of other sisters are going to lose their brother. Right. Right. So you just have to suck this one up mm-hmm. because otherwise, you know, there's war. And that's not how Creon's argument is generally made anymore. Mm. Uh, or how Antigone is posited as like a ridiculous teenager who can't not do this thing because she wants to do it, even mm. though it might have. And so most plays just make Creon a jerk and have there be no consequences, no bad consequences of Antigone's action. Right. And if you remove the, if you remove the possibility that Creon isn't just evil, um, but might be your family, you know, back to mm-hmm, our Star Wars mm-hmm. region, uh, and you remove that her righteous act has any potential bad consequence, then then it's so much less an interesting story to me. Like that was, then it's not a conflict of two goods, yeah. right? Like that, that, that story is a conflict of two goods and a conflict of two evils. And I guess that's, that's my, I feel like Peter Froelich, imp- Peter, I don't know who imprinted that, that that's what tragedy was. Yeah. Tragedy was, like what's interesting about Greek tragedies is it's not, it's not good versus evil. No. It's good versus good and good versus, or bad versus bad. And that's what it, tra- like, that's why it's a tragedy. Yeah. It's not a tragedy. 
and there's the great Howard Barker stuff about we have we have a theater of accident masquerading as tragedy. Like <laughs> child gets hit by a bus. It's a tragedy. It's like, no, no, it's a horrible, horrific accident, but it's not yeah. a tragedy. Like there's not um yeah. So, mm-hmm. Um yeah, but it's a, to yeah. look at yeah, so the the old point being <laughs> the, the original part of that but being that those stories have changed meanings, mm-hmm. and of course Antigone after World War II gets a big boost of what it means to be a resistance against the state, right? And we haven't, and that's still and because in other countries like it's interesting to see Antigone stuff from South America, I mean, in fascist countries. Uh, Antigone is very often a resistance play, right? Right in in where the state is too controlling. Antigone looks like a resistance fighter. Mm-hmm. Um, in our state, where like celebrity win, you know, my question is if could we identify our state not as that kind of fascism, but as one in which like celebrity whims have overbearing consequences on mm. the nations mm. um, and the others and the other people. And so maybe those celebrities need to think about their behavior mm. and those, those power, the power, those in power, right. That their, their personal druthers are screwing with a lot of people. And so maybe, maybe those in power need to have their personal druthers mm. thought about in a broader context. Right. Um, and that's a deeply unpopular argument to make. I mean, I think I think that, yeah, whatever. I say, I feel like that. I want to get it. That I that I think Antigone, the Antigone Dead People production. I think we don't. I think that's part of how it's a hard sell, is that mm-hmm. that political idea and that reading of it is less the assumptive reading of our time. Mm-hmm. You know that yeah. that. If if we were going around being able to sell Antigone is a hero, Creon is a fascist, you know, which the Anne Carsons, who's a writer I have a lot of respect for, but that in, her Antigone is like so about America mm. and Bush, like and and so it's so uninteresting. <laughs> like it's just mm. a, it's just her being angry about her president, and fair enough, but. Mm-hmm. Um, as a piece of drama, I think it's actually much less interesting than it could be. Right. Um, but I also think it sells, like it's an easier story to sell. Yeah. At this, at this moment in time. Absolutely. Yeah. Tax, you yeah. know, tax law. <laughs> I'm back to being so, like, I want more plays about tax law, which I do actually, but, um, and have <laughs> anyways. Yeah. Maybe you should revisit those three Star Wars movies, man. Well, but, but the, I know, but it's that everything around them is so bad. Like it's the <laughs> writing is bad. The acting is bad. The, all the, like the sub character, you know, it, we have Jar Jar Banks, like the, none of, none of the good parts of a movie about tax law. I want to see the big short, which I feel like is about yes. tax law. I actually had to ask somebody the other day, I was like, what is that movie even about? It looks like it's just a it's a bunch of um, fist pumping or 
It's a looking, bunch of dudes. St yeah. Steve Carell looking into the middle distance. Yeah, although he's getting good props for it. I'm sure he is. Um, but also like that Ryan Gosling, that it's a Ryan Gosling vehicle that he steals the show. So well, if, if, if however you feel about Ryan Gosling. I don't know how people feel about him these days. Hello? Yes, and I, I've, oh. I've never been a, I'm not, I'm not like a massive fan, but I'm a, I, I have to admit that often when I see him in something, I go, yeah, man, you're kind of walking away with this. Hello? Yep. Can you hello. hear me? I hello? lost, hello, can you hear me? Hi, I can hear you perfectly. Okay, great. We had a moment, I think there was some delay there. Oh, um, Yeah, so I want to, I want to say, I, I had heard a good review of it on, on, the Slate Culture Gab Fest that right. I get all of my information from. Um, well, if you haven't seen it, if you, you'll probably see it before Toronto, before I come to Toronto, but if you haven't, we'll go see it. Okay. But other, I'll, I'll try to see it before I get there too so we can talk about it. The other one that feels like it's about tax policy or is about the spotlight, the piece, the newspaper reporters going after the Catholic Church in... Mm. Boston, I think Boston, um, around sex abuse that wow. is supposed to be amazing in its portrayal of how um, day to day the act of journalism is and how mistakes are made and how there are people doing jobs. Like it's, yeah, it's great in its non over dramatization of it, in acknowledging the complexity of storytelling. Yeah. And just and and taking its time with like this got solved by a whole bunch of people sitting around reading printouts mm -hmm. <laughs> like that's <laughs> like yep. yeah like there were months of just reading printouts of things mm -hmm. like and this is what the job of being a reporter like it's not running around it's 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 getting good attention as not lying about glamorizing what that job, glamorizing that job looks like. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know what? For real, though, if I haven't seen Point Break by the time I get to, to sure. Toronto, we're totally going to go see totally Point Break, seen, Jacob. Totally seeing Point Break. Um, and maybe we'll record one of these in person. Maybe we'll record. And uh, what's your time like? I feel like we may have surpassed being able to talk about Looking Glass, or we could, and yeah. I, don't, I just don't know what your time is. Um, I have somebody have coming over in about you, half an hour. You have so a hard out, as it were. Should probably. I do kind of have a hard out in a couple of minutes here. Um, but so, about looking glass when I get there. Yeah. So maybe we'll have. And just for the context of people who are like, they keep mentioning this. This was a program that mm -hmm. was just at the Banff Center at the end of November, early December, that Vicky was a participant in, and I was one of the designers and facilitators. Mm -hmm. Um. And that it's we wanted to talk about. We've talked about other sort of BAMP leadershipy, getting togethery things, and 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 so I'm curious, yeah, about your reflections on your experience this mm -hmm. far out. Um, yeah, we'll we'll focus on that. We'll focus on that when I'm there for sure. There's there's, there's some good dramaturgy. I think we I think we help you know as as the Merlin man. John Roderick Universe says, I think we've helped a lot of people today. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, and there's probably definitely some editing on the top and around here, but... Yeah. 
fine. Uh, that's fine. It's the season. Um, do you want to? Do, do you want me to? Do you want to do like an, an outro about where people can find us? Yeah. And talk where, about where can next. people? Folks can find me uh, on Twitter. I'm at Vicky Stroich. So yeah, let me know if you know uh, anyone who can make me a Toretto patch. And I'm at Jacob Zimmer on the Twitter. And and you know this is perhaps an odd episode, but pass it on. Pass on the OG podcast. Not that. Not that chatting on the Skype with you on a what we hope to make more regular basis isn't reward enough. Um, but it's nice to know that people are listening and that, you know, if you have thoughts, we've, we've said a bunch of controversial things about... Especially Jacob about Star Trek. So please feel free to Star Trek is, contact him regarding that. Uh, racist and militaristic. Ooh. Ooh, there. I'm just going to... Yep. Yeah. That's You're That's... totally... You're, you're going to get some tweets, pal. Trolling. Definition of trolling. <laughs> the literal definition. When you say something in order to elicit. Um, anyways. Uh, so yes, it's uh, pass it on to your friends. If you're listening and you are on iTunes, do the recommendation. All the podcasts say it. And I assume that they're saying it because it is accurate. Um, because yeah, we like, right. we like doing it. And we like hearing from people. Um, great. And so, and so I'm going to put the music starting about here. Okay. And actually, no, it might cut out around there. Oh, well, because we'll it see. will have started earlier. I'll trust you. <laughs>